0: Welcome to episode 74 of Kyperion Commentary. In this season, you can tell very easily that there are multitude of perspectives on COVID-19. But, just so you know, there are other issues being discussed around the world. And uh, that is why I have uh, my guest with me today to discuss one of those issues that are not related to COVID-19. That's why I'm here with uh, Stephen Wedgworth to talk about uh, one particular issue. Stephen, first and foremost, how are you, my brother?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for reaching out. Good to, to be with you again, Yuri. We go way back.
0: Yes, we do. Quite a ways back. It's a delight to hear your voice again from uh, Vancouver, Canada. There is an article really stirring things up on Twitterdom and other places perhaps uh, published by the Harvard Magazine, and it's entitled "The Risks of Homeschooling. And uh, I wanted to have you on, Stephen, because I've always I always enjoy your perspective on on Twitter and your threads. I think they um, you offer a unique perspective, but you also offer one that is uh, deeply rooted in some uh, objective uh, places. I feel like you're always attempting to go back to helpful resources of the Christian faith, whether it be confessions or important documents and the history of the church. And so I I, I follow very closely your thoughts here. Uh, First and foremost, if you could uh, just give us um, a brief summary of what this article is about at the Harvard Magazine titled, The Risks of Homeschooling.
1: Yeah, so I, I saw it like most people. I'm 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 not an avid reader of Harvard Magazine. <laughs> I saw it. I saw it being shared around online, so I, I gave it a read and then just tried to see a little background. So um, the author is summarizing some work that's already being done. The author is writing about a Harvard professor. So the Harvard professor's name is Elizabeth Bartholet. Uh, She published an article in a law journal, um, I think it was a year or two ago, about what she saw as the dangers of homeschooling. And so now this magazine article is summarizing that earlier journal article. And uh, Professor Bartlett, her concerns are that uh, more and more people are homeschooling. It's growing now. And uh, she thinks it's not properly regulated. We don't know what these people are actually teaching their children. And she actually goes so far as to argue that there should be um, you know, a government ban on homeschooling until the kinds of regulations she would like to see are implemented. And along the way in the argument, she says that homeschooling allows, um, you know, domestic abuse. It allows people who don't have an education themselves to teach their children. Uh, And she fears that homeschooling will uh, basically be something like an indoctrination program that will uh, prevent these children from being uh, proper and meaningful participants in an American society. So that's sort of the nutshell.
0: There's an obvious war going on here, a war of ideas, but what's interesting is that a few years ago when I looked into statistics about homeschooling, I think there were 1% or 2% of the American population invested their time in educating at home. And now, as the article points out, 3 to 4% of school-aged children in America are being homeschooled. And how much of this is just a reaction? We can talk about the content shortly how much of this is just a reaction to this numerical increase in the last decade?
1: For sure. That's, that's how the, the magazine article starts off, right? It's growing. So they're reacting to that. In fact, um, if it's allowed to continue, we'll, we'll see what the impacts of the lockdown turn out to be. But um, Harvard had planned to have a conference on this same topic in June and they're going to argue uh, they have professors from different backgrounds, um, and they're going to make the same kind of arguments, um, and they're going to, to say that homeschooling is, is presently a danger to the uh, well-being of the child and American society at large. So this is something that clearly people at Harvard and other uh, academics, they have been working on for a while. they really feel strongly about it. Yeah. And I think they're worried that uh, it's picking up speed. Homeschooling is growing an influence, and this is going to be a political problem for them in the future.
0: Right. And, and embedded in that language is this uh, sense of um, a desire, at least from these advocates, those who oppose homeschooling, that we are not, that homeschooling is not producing uh, well-equipped citizens in society, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. They're talking about this as if, um, you know, these professors are sitting at a bird's eye view of American citizens. Right. (laughs) And it's the homeschoolers who stick out as particularly dysfunctional. (laughs) Um, You know, and part of this article, you know, there's some serious stuff that we should talk about the philosophies. But a big part of this article was just how kind of ridiculous it came across. You know, you think about mm-hmm. the social problems facing American youth, <laughs> you know, all of the uh, right. all the, the various drug abuse, violence, sexual promiscuity, um, just lack of direction and vision, uh, maybe even nihilism, right? Young people just don't feel like there's any purpose in life. Is it really the homeschoolers <laughs> that are the big problem?
0: Right, right. There is a um, there is a false uh, nobility in the argument here because one of the primary rationales they use is: look, there are there are there are abuse cases happening in this home, but there's no self examination happening to consider the kinds of other abusive and addictive scenarios that are very clear in. You know, in broad education in America, which is so anyway, I I view this as a kind of a false noble starting point as a way of gaining the ground of the conversation. Yeah.
1: And uh, the magazine, one of the things that got the most attention is they they attached uh, a cartoon illustration at the very top. And it's got the girl is in prison. She's in a house and they're there are right. Bars on the windows, and, and all the other kids that are outside playing. One kid's jump roping. Another kid's got a soccer ball. Uh, a couple kids are like skipping and frolicking. <laughs> and you know anybody that's kept up with kind of the homeschooling landscape uh, in the last ten to twenty years, at least, they're well aware that. Actually most homeschoolers get out of the house, right? <laughs> they, right. They right. go to parks, they go to community groups. they can do all sorts of extracurricular activity. Uh, in fact, a ton of homeschoolers are, are almost like uh, you know Montessori types, right? They don't like rules. Yes. Yep. unschooling. And you know, it's the public schools that are actually quite rigidly organized. You have 30, 40 minutes in this room, 30, 40 minutes in this room. Um, right. So right. it just looks really backwards and silly. Um, yeah, it looks like older academics that are uh, really out of touch with what's going on today.
0: Right. That's a, that's a great point. Because at the end of the day, when you're talking about, um, I mean, we, we have a system that's purposely quarantined. <laughs> Uh, very organized by the secluded spaces. You go here and you go here. And as you mentioned, one of the points of homeschooling parents, you've been homeschooling parent, I've been homeschooling parent. One of the points is the kind of, is the liberty that we have to approach education in the outdoors or travel around the country, see historical places. So yeah, there's a certain a level of ignorance. I'm not surprised, of course, coming from these sort of uh, elitist uh, professors and scholars, but one of the, you mentioned something in your tweets, Stephen, about how the author is about about 30 years late to this conversation. And I went back to read uh, Michael McVicker's a biography, R.J. Rush Dooney. Mm-hmm. And interestingly in those court uh, manuscripts, there these kinds of argumentations are already being used back in the 1970s and 80s. Any, any thoughts in that conversation?
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, you mentioned Rush Dooney, and these days, people that have heard of him usually it's sort of journalists. They're terrified of him. They think of him as this um, right. activist, political personality. Maybe he's going to institute this the- theocratic rule in America. Um, and you know, maybe there are shades of truth to some of those fears. But really, what brought Rush Dooney to prominence? Was his role in homeschool legal defense? That's that's kind of how he got on the radar, and he would really travel from state to state. In fact, um, at a previous church when I was in Mississippi, one of our uh, our ruling elders at the time, who was a lawyer, he actually had been with Rush Dooney, traveled with him to one of these court cases. Mm. <laughs> Um, Mm, Yeah. So they would go to these courts from state to state defending the right of families to homeschool. And uh, yeah, this this happened all throughout the 70s into the 80s, uh, probably still even in the 90s in some states, because it just took a while to work through each state. Uh, yeah, and they handled these arguments, you know, uh, who has the jurisdiction over the children, um, what who gets the right to decide educational curriculum? And uh, homeschooling was pretty consistently uh, vindicated. Um, not they didn't, you know, win every single argument all the time. It's not that it's a, you know, a perfect arrangement. but if you look at the cases overall, Especially if they got challenged and kicked up to appeals, uh, at the end of the day, the courts sided with the the family's right to home education if they so chose. Um, and so it's kind of strange to reopen that, um, you know, in twenty twenty. <laughs> Um, I looked up, in fact, one of the most recent cases was in California, I think it was about 2008. And there was just a it was a, a case over curriculum and whether or not homeschoolers had to, to meet certain testing requirements. I forget all the details. And the first round went against the homeschooling. Um, you know, whoever was representing the homeschoolers, they lost. But then it was appealed uh-huh. and they won the appeal. So that's 2008 in California. Right. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Homeschooling, it's got a pretty solid legal background at this point. Um, Of course, there's that um, lobbying or legal group called the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. They are very active. They are just always, always on top of these cases. And they, they have an overwhelming record of success.
0: And I think that's probably the heart of this entire article here as the um, the author notes that the surveys of homeschoolers show that a majority of, of such families, up to 90% of them are driven by conservative Christian beliefs and seek to remove their children from mainstream culture. It's true, but you can see there's a you know, there's a, a, a kind of a piercing of ridicule there, right? Remove them from mainstream culture. Again, barring from this antiquated model that... Um, we are distant from society. We have, uh, we lack social skills. There is a kind of naivete that's almost frightening for somebody writing at this level of scholarship. Oh,
1: yeah. So, you know, for a little bit of my own background, I went to public schools, my, my whole life, um, you know, elementary junior high, high school, even my, my college university experiences, those were at state public institutions. Um, that's my background. I was in a very normal uh, American experience, uh, mostly in the '90s, early 2000s. Um, I was in a yeah, I was in Mississippi, so okay, conservative heartland, but uh, still, you know, I saw I saw what normally goes on in American school life. Um, I, and yeah. I remember we would think about homeschoolers as um, you know, as weird kids. They wore all denim and white sneakers, right? <laughs> um, yeah, they weren't, weren't allowed to watch television or listen to music, and they were just bonkers. Um, and there is a ver- you know, there's a world within homeschooling that looks like that, you know. Um,
0: yes, yes, there is people yep.
1: associated with you know, Bill Gothard and other groups like that kind of right. fit that look, but boy. Uh, homeschooling in 2020 does not look like that. Um, I mean, those those guys maybe are still in the, the convention hall, <laughs> but yeah, you know, they're way <laughs> right. off to the corner. <laughs> and yeah, homeschooling today is very different. Um, in fact, we're we're constantly surprised at how many non Christians are homeschooling.
0: Yes, yes. In fact, interestingly, one of the comments right after this here at the Harvard Magazine was from an atheist who uh, disputed the, the statistics. And actually, I have a quote here. She says, an atheist commenting on this article, she says, The article is sad in its total inaccuracy. First of, 90% of homeschoolers are not conservative Christians. I have homeschooled for eight years and we're atheists. In my state of North Carolina, only 60% of homeschoolers are Christians. And the vast majority are um, non Christians. A small percentage are conservative, fundamental Christian homeschoolers. It reminds me of a time when I went to the Pacific Northwest in Oregon. And uh, as I was finding out about the city, they told me that the vast majority of that little town uh, homeschooled. And uh, as you can tell, the Christian, as you know, the Christian population is very small there, which meant that the vast majority of homeschoolers. Uh, were not of a Christian persuasion so there's I think there's there's ignorance even at that level there. but ultimately there is a fear that conservative Christian believes when it's led to its ultimate um, uh, conclusion is going to have an effect in society and that's obviously where the war is, right
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I think when you read through all of this, you kind of cut through the, the facade. That's what they're really worried about. They're worried that conservative Christians are going to be able to promote their ideology, you know, put that in scare quotes, um, promote their ideology to their kids. And uh, these, prof- these professors don't like that. Uh, it even says, I'm looking at one mm-hmm. line here. Um, it's important that children grow up exposed to community values, social values, democratic values, ideas about non-discrimination, and tolerance of other people's viewpoints. And she's she's worried that homeschooling won't do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got to ask the question, you know, community values. Well, first of all, What's a right. value? Who's? What is value? Yeah. yeah, Where does that come from? And which community, right? Whose community mm-hmm. do we get to talk? Uh, which community's values are we allowed to promote? You know, that that's the hidden question in his statement. Um, And tolerance of other people's viewpoints. So that sounds nice. But um, do we think these people are tolerating others? our viewpoint or or had they defined tolerance in such a way as to exclude people that they find to be scary? Yeah, absolutely. So as you
0: as we come to close this conversation here um, my suspicion is this is um, these are the, the desperate words of a group that are obviously losing their foothold in in the culture because there is every indication that homeschooling is only going to continue to increase. And uh, what, what's interesting about this, this process of well their concern that we are sharing certain ideas is the fact that uh, both of us are familiar with uh, classical education is the fact that in the homeschool world of classical education, we are the ones engaging the pagans and uh, you don't see this kind of pursuit from their end to understand Christian
1: philosophy, right? Oh no! They uh, most sort of liberal secular academics their their universe of reading is actually quite narrow. You don't have to be a Christian to make this observation. I think about uh, that book that came out, uh, "The Closing of the American Mind." He he made the he yes. made that argument. I think he's writing in the eighties. You know, uh, higher education is is purposely cutting away all of uh, all of its foundations. You know, the, not reading the classics, um, only reading kind of Western civilization for the purpose of criticizing it, turning everything into modern social science. That, unfortunately, that's really captured a large part of the academic world, uh, and it hasn't gotten better since the 80s. It's gotten worse. And so homeschooling and certain forms of private schooling really are a, they're a protest against that. Uh, yes, we're teaching our religion, absolutely. We believe we have a, a fundamental right to do that, but we're also uh, modeling a different way to do education. And that's got to be really emphasized. Um, our children are being exposed to a wide range of information, uh, and we are mm-hmm. purposely trying to give them the basic tools for, for wisdom so they can learn to think and judge on their own. Um, and they can interact yeah with material that they don't agree with. Uh, that's that's all part of the program, <laughs> and it really seems like it's the opposite party, the, the group that's so worried about uh, regulating everyone's ideology. They seem to be the ones that are uh, reactionary, narrow, um, not open to viewpoints which would s- fundamentally challenge them.
0: Stephen Wedgworth is the associate pastor of Faith Reform a Presbyterian Church in Vancouver, and he uh, blogs at com. and I'll link this up for our listeners. Stephen, uh, great to talk to you, and thanks for your input in this important conversation.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Yuri.